is uh, it really is good to have each one of you uh, here today. And um, as we are living in uh, pretty unique times, can anybody remember a time uh, when the American culture has walked through something uh, like this? Uh, I would say you'd have to look uh, much, much further back in our history into the uh, early 1900s. Uh, certainly there were some uh, very challenging times when it came to health, uh, health-related kind of, uh, kind of issues. And so as we walk through this, uh, this is the first time for us to do this, first time for obviously uh, many, many other churches and, whole, and our whole society uh, walking through something like this. And so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of questions as to how to best proceed when it comes to uh, something like this. Um, I do know one thing for sure, and this is a mistake, so don't do this. Can I, can I give you a mistake? Uh, yesterday, my wife and I watched Contagion, the movie. Don't watch that movie. <laughs> Please, don't watch that movie. It's not a smart idea, So, because uh, I'm looking around suspiciously at everybody right now, but uh, uh, so don't do that. We really did that. We really, I don't know why we thought that was a good idea, but we did. Um, so... Uh, in reading and kind of looking, uh, looking to this day, which I knew would be a pretty unique day uh, for us, um, it was the fall of 1854. London, England was the place, and in particular, New Park Street Chapel. And this is a picture of the chapel, uh, and it's not a very good one, but this is in, uh, this is in London, England in the late 1800s. This gentleman right here, Charles Spurgeon, was the pastor of this congregation um, at that time. And this is uh, a time of societal upheaval. Uh, culture was clashing with culture. And uh, there was a, a, a challenge, a health challenge that was deeply impacting, in particular, this area where he was pastor. And this was cholera. Uh, was running rampant in the city, running rampant uh, around the world at that time. And cholera had resurgences for a number of times throughout the centuries, really, uh, until they finally uh, understood more what it was and have uh, been able to... S- uh, pretty much eliminate it as a major problem. But back at the time when the church was being the church in London, um, London, England, at New Park Street Chapel, uh, the church was trying to figure out how are we going to handle an outbreak of something that we have no control over? How are we going to do this? Because there were quarantines in the city. There were no-go zones where you could not go into that area. And so how is the church going to respond? The city was shut off, and so people were no longer coming in. Supplies were in short demand. As if you tried to go shopping yesterday, you realized. Uh, It's amazing what, um, yeah, it's amazing the things that people pick off of the shelves that are completely empty. You're going, why did they grab all of that? I mean, mac and cheese missing from everywhere. The healthy and the unhealthy, right? It's missing from everywhere. So in the midst of this was this young pastor, Charles Spurgeon. He's a giant of a pastor now, revered to this day. Uh, but what did that church do in that moment? What did they do 166 years ago? Well, the church remained the church. They did what the church did, and that is they continued to minister now, there were adjustments to the ministry. They, they continued to minister the gospel, but there were changes in the way that they did it. Like I said, there were quarantines in the city that they had to kind of work through and around and try to figure out with officials how can they get in to help those who were sick and provide for families that had nothing. And so they were looking at unique, creative, innovative ways to meet the needs of the community around them. 
Uh, they were reaching the vulnerable, visiting the sick, praying, believing for healing, and they changed some of their structure because during this time, now back in the 1850s, uh, they did not have podcasts, they did not have video, anything, no recording ways, so they would transcribe the message so there would be somebody that would take the written notes of the pastor, would listen to what the pastor was preaching, they would then transcribe the message as he was preaching it, and then they would make copies of it and then send it out to people. Well, during the months that cholera raged in the city, uh, th there are no recorded messages of Charles Spurgeon. But the church met during all of that time. There were no quarantines exactly where, right where they were. It was very close to where they were. Uh, there are no quarantines in that area, so the church continued to meet. So we know messages were preached, but the way that they did ministry changed. They reallocated resources, and they realized, hey, recording these messages and writing them down is not the most important thing we can do, so let's change to meet the need of the community around us. That's what the church did. And it was in crisis times like this that the gospel speaks most loudly. For them, they baptized more people. <laughs> they invited new members into the church. Hopelessness was replaced by hope there in that area, and during that time, the church grew. It's pretty amazing when you think about they had none of the technology that we have, none of the ways that we have like online to be able to reach millions of people at any given time, and yet the church there did what the church was supposed to do, and it was the church, and it ministered to the needs around them. So we are facing such a time not only in our community, but our state, uh, in our nation, and certainly around the world. The interconnectedness of economies, entertainment, uh, cultures lead to these deeply connected influences on us, and the globalism of our day, good or bad, has now come to our doorstep. So how do we respond to this? What are we to do? The very first thing is that we will not fear. We will not fear. If you look through the Bible, and this is the, the, the amazing thing about this statement, do not fear or fear not, is one of the most repeated phrases in the Bible. I don't know exactly how many times, but you do a search for it, and it shows up hundreds of times. And then immediately following most of those proclamations is the proclamation from God who says, for I will be with you. And so, folks, we don't fear not because we have nothing to fear, right? But we don't fear because we know that God is with us. So we recognize that there's anxiety associated uh, with the coronavirus and COVID-19, Right? I mean, I think we would be silly not to acknowledge that there is anxiety. And there are those, and I recognize there's a whole spectrum when it comes to how we express our faith. And I was at a meeting uh, earlier this week, and as pastors, just talking about, okay, what are we going to do? And this is prior to declaration by our governor. Um, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? And you would see the spectrum there amongst pastors here in the valley. We had about 30 churches represented. And it was everything from, bless God, we're not stopping our services for anything, to those who are saying, uh, man, our, our congregation, our entire congregation is fearful of what the future holds. You have that entire range that's there, and I get that. But we, certainly here at Life Church, we're not going to operate in fear. We're not going to operate and, and shrink back from opportunities that are presented to us. But the second side of this and the, the this other side of this coin is, is that we will use wisdom in how we will proceed. James 1.5 says this, and I think this is great for us out of the, uh, out of the CEV version. Uh, but anyone who needs wisdom, how many of you need wisdom? Right? I think we really do at this time. We need, any of you who see, uh, needs wisdom should ask God, whose very nature is to give, ev give to everyone without a second thought, without keeping score, Wisdom will certainly be given to those who ask. 
Parents, I know you're asking for wisdom right now. Dear God, my kids are out of school. What am I going to do for two weeks? Because <laughs> I don't want to kill them, right? That becomes uh, one of those things. Um, working from home, needing wisdom. How many of you, your work schedules have changed because of everything that's gone on, right? And so work schedules change. If you've never worked from home before, there's an art and a skill to it that we don't know how to do very well because you're at home. What do I do? I don't know how to handle my time and control. All those things. God, give me wisdom to know how to do this. And then as a church, certainly asking God, give us wisdom. So in the process of all of this, if we, if we read through the Bibles, there is an accountability that we have, first of all, obviously to God, right? That's where our accountability lies first and foremost. But secondly, there is an accountability to government. And so we want to operate in a way that's honoring to God and honoring to those officials who have been elected uh, that, are, that are over us. And so this past Thursday, our governor, upon the advice of health counselors, gave some guidelines that, uh, that we will follow. And I'm going to quote directly from a statement from Governor, uh, governor Herbert here. Um, and he gave a list of like four things uh, that, were, uh, that were kind of on the radar there. And this was Thursday. Things changed a little bit on Friday. But on Thursday, this is what it was. Number one was limiting mass gatherings of more than 100 people. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Second thing was recommending that individuals over 60 should not participate in gatherings with more than 20 people. Uh, next one was recommending that individuals who are uh, immunocompromised uh, should not participate in gatherings with more than 20 people. And then finally, restricting visitor access to long-term care facilities and monitoring employees and visitors for symptoms of COVID-19. And then the next statement said, the recommendations announced today will be effective for a period of two weeks. Limitations on mass gatherings go into effect on Monday, March 16. And so this is where we were looking at it as a, a church staff and going, okay, God, what is wisdom in this moment for us as a church staff when we saw this declaration put out uh, by, uh, by our governor? And uh, so this, thus, this is the reason why we chose to still meet together uh, as a body uh, on this Sunday, March 15th. Now, tomorrow does start the desire for the, uh, for the state of Utah for mass gatherings to now be limited uh, to those uh, less than 100 people. So in response to this, Life Church Utah will suspend our public gatherings until such time as our officials in the state of Utah or nation deem that it's safe to return to normal activities. For sure, this, will change, this change will be effective for March 22nd and March 29th. So March 22nd and 29th, we will be offering online-only services uh, here at Life Church. And so please don't try to show up because the doors will be locked here at the church on Sunday morning, March 22nd and 29th. We will have people here to help, uh, uh, obviously, make sure if somebody does show up that we let them know what the, uh, what the plan is. Um, but we will be having online services just like we have right now. The shape of them might be a little bit different. The way that we actually do the services might be uh, just adjusted somewhat uh, for the context that we have since nobody's here in the sanctuary. So we're gonna, they'll look just a little bit different, but we will be having online services for those two weeks. Um, and if uh, any of this, uh, these prohibitions against gathering together, if that's extended, then obviously we would do, uh, do the same. This will also include all events at our facilities here at, um, uh, here at the West Valley Campus uh, facilities, as well as at our Tooele Campus uh, as well. And while they are not at, they're certainly under that 100 mark, I just feel consistency across the board and online just to be as safe as possible uh, during the season. 
Um, we are working to modify our procedures to continue providing uh, ministry as we can, things like the farmer's market, uh, some of the other ministries that we have that really involve reaching out to our community because we, we do not want to isolate the church in the middle of all of this, right? We have to be the church. So how do we reach the community around us? And we're looking to be innovative, looking to be creative in new ministry opportunities that are presented to us uh, that otherwise we wouldn't be looking for, right? Whenever things change in your family, things change at work, all of a sudden uh, you start to think differently about ministry. And so that's what we are looking at um, as well. Um, along with this, our uh, life groups uh, will continue to meet. Uh, that obviously is up to our leaders and up to individuals uh, for their attendance uh, at those groups. But our, our intention is that we continue to meet in homes uh, around the valley. And uh, if you are sick, though, please stay home, right? Please stay home. Um, and obviously in all of this, this will be done with safety of our people of Life Church as well as the broader community in mind. We don't want to be silly. <laughs> we don't want to be um, arrogant in all of this, but we also uh, want to take the opportunity that we have to be able to share the gospel of Christ as best we can, and this we feel is the best option for us at this time. So without us meeting in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15, um, what are we supposed to do? Can, can I give you a couple of things that maybe you can think about to be innovative and creative? Um, in the wider culture around us uh, right now, there are no churches that were, many churches chose not to meet today. Starting next Sunday, many, many more churches will be part, uh, be part of that. Uh, that includes, um, well, of all faiths, right? No, no meetings. So what this does is gives us an opportunity as the body of Christ, and in particular Life Church Utah. Um, how about being a good neighbor, inviting your friends over to a service at your house where you have an opportunity to meet together and to present a church service on a Sunday morning? Obviously, this presumes that you stay healthy and that they are healthy as well, uh, but it might be an opportunity for, for you to reach out to your neighbors in a different way. And I'm thinking about trying to figure out how to reach out to our neighbors. Hey, come watch me. <laughs> That's just a weird thing. But, uh, but it's one of those opportunities we have, right, as the body of Christ, to be the body of Christ at home in our neighborhood. What about if you uh, went out and, pre and prepared a, a stay-at-home package for, uh, for families in your neighborhood? Provide with some of the food that you went out and bought this week, <laughs> thinking it was for yourself. Maybe God wants you to use it for your neighbors and uh, present to them a, a, a package of a care package because they've got kids at home uh, right now and parents are struggling to try to figure out what to do. How about we find ways to be innovative to meet the needs of our community right around us? So let it be a matter of prayer for you, for your family, for your teenagers who are at home, for your kids that are at home, and say, God, what can we do to meet the needs of our community in unique and creative ways? What can we do to present the gospel of Christ in ways that are different? So I want to tell you about a resource that we have uh, for you. We've talked about it before, uh, but uh, rightnowmedia.com is a great resource for you. And so if you are online uh, right now, you can text 41411 and text the words right now with a space there and then LCU. And we capitalized it just to make it so you know it's LCU, but it can be all lowercase. Uh, right now, space LCU to 41411. That'll give you a uh, right to a link so that you can sign up there. This is a service that Life Church pays for. It's something that we would love to have you take advantage of. Um, next slide, I think we've got a few slides here. 
for you. This one right here, uh, there is a lot of stuff there about parenting. Uh, right now, some of you parents are like, oh, Jesus, I love my children because they go to school. <laughs> now I'm going to be with them a lot more. So, Lord, how am I? There are resources on there for parents. Uh, next slide. Uh, there are things, I think this is like a youth section. There's a big section uh, for youth that are in there for teenagers. Uh, next slide, there's another section in there uh, just for children. Lots of videos that are there to uh, occupy their time with wonderful options rather than some of the stuff uh, that's out there today. These are incredible options uh, for your kids. So parents, adults, what, anybody, this is for anybody. If you text, uh, text that, go back to that other slide, that initial one there. Um, text right now, space LCU to 41411, and love for you to take advantage uh, of that as a resource that we can offer here at Life Church uh, for everybody. Um, just want to make sure that you do that. Uh, we also have cards available as well with a QR code on there at our information desk as well, right back here in the, uh, in the lobby. And uh, just kind of uh, take a picture of that, and then you can be uh, taken right there. And then the third thing that we as the body of Christ here at Life Church will do, uh, we will move forward. Right? We're not going to operate in fear. We're going to use wisdom, and we're going to move forward. In the darkest moments of history, this is where the church has shined most brightly. Right? This, is, this is what we do. This is why, as the body of Christ, uh, we need to step forward. Our brothers and sisters in communist countries, in Islamic countries, continue to thrive in their faith in the middle of darkness. They are forced at times to meet in their homes in secret. We can meet in our homes not in secret, right? But they are forced to meet in their homes in secret to hold their faith very, very privately. We can take our faith incredibly publicly even if we don't meet in a place like this on a Sunday morning because the church is the church regardless of if we meet together in a gathering like this. The church is the church no matter where we go. So we are facing new challenges, but we can face them without fear. We can face them with wisdom so that we can grow we can mature in our faith and reach out to the world around us who are desperate for answers. They're desperate for stability. They're desperate for hope. And we as the body of Christ should present all of those because that's what we have in Jesus Christ. So this is where Life Church Utah can shine along with the other churches here in the Salt Lake Valley that are presenting uh, a biblical Jesus in such a way as that we can find salvation through Jesus Christ and him alone. Um, so I want to flip just a little bit here in the next couple of minutes that we're together uh, and ask you a question here. Have you ever had a valley experience? If you're at a time of darkness in your own life where you've been struggling and trying to walk through those things. Now I want you to multiply that out right now in the world around us where there is a lot of fear and it feels like that darkness kind of crushing in a lot of uncertainty. And uh, you see those who are very glib online. You see those who are very dismissive. You see those who are the conspiracy theorists. You've got this whole range of things online. Can I, can I encourage you, please, 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 don't get so caught up online <laughs> that you believe everything that you see there. Uh, make sure anytime that you want to find correct information, go to official sources uh, please don't go uh, to Twitter. <laughs> it's not going to give you always the best uh, things there. But one of those moments can feel like that that light never is going to shine again. And that fear and anxiety kind of takes over. Uh, we can think of valleys like this. Got a picture of uh, Death Valley. Ever been to Death Valley before? Anybody ever been there before? Raise your hand real quick. Been to Death Valley? That's a wonderful, cool, shady area. It's just beautiful in the summer especially. It's a great time to be there. Hey, it's a dry heat, so it's all good. It's all good. 
surrounded, right? I mean, you just feel, and this is part of Death Valley, but it's surrounded and there's desert and it seems like there's no growth. It seems like there's no way out. Another valley experience, this is a, uh, this is a city, uh, Viganella in Italy, in nor- northern Italy, and in kind of studying for what was going to be the message, uh, this is part of uh, kind of the study earlier this week in the last couple of weeks, and then realized, oh, we need to change our message a little bit uh, for today. Um, all seems uh, fine in the city Viganella in northern Italy until, um, I think it's November, I think it's from November through April. This city is so far down in the valley that they do not see the sun. From no- now, obviously, the sun's shining around them, but they do not have direct sunlight for those, uh, for those months. Uh, for those who've lived in Alaska, like, um, uh, like our uh, children's pastor, uh, Taylor and Isabel, um, that, you've, that you kind of get used to something like that. But for them, for those months, uh, they have no sunlight. And uh, let's see, 11th of November through 2nd of February, that's what it is. And one of the uh, villagers says, it feels like Siberia. I don't think they've been to Siberia, so I don't think it really feels like that. But anyway, so for centuries, these villagers have accepted their fate. And they said, well, we're just going to be in darkness during those months, and we'll travel up and travel out. But a, uh, a resourceful engineer had a great idea. And so what they did was they built, uh, they built this. I got a picture of this real quick. They built this, which is a large mirror. And you can see how big it is. Actually, it's a pretty large mirror. Uh, they built this big mirror, and uh, right up and down there in the valley, that is the little city of Vignella. And what they realized was they build this mirror, and what can they do? They can take the sunlight, and they can shine it right down into the valley. Now, where did they choose to shine that light? Go ahead and go to the next picture. It's a little hard to see, but there's that square right in the middle of the, of the city, and that is the church's square. And so right in the center of that city is a church, and right in the center of that city is the square, and that's where they chose to shine the light in the middle of the valley. And I thought, what better picture for where we are right now is that God chooses to use the gospel of Jesus Christ to shine a light in the valley through all the Bible-believing churches in our valley to say, I'm bringing light to dark places. Um, It's funny, because after the mirror was installed, uh, the mayor of the town said, something changed in the city when the light came. And he said that people would, this is kind of, kind of tongue-in-cheek here, I think, but he said people after the church service, they would leave immediately. That was, that was kind of what they did. They wouldn't stick around. But now all of a sudden, because the light was out there, what would they do? The whole church, they would leave the service. They would go then stand in the light and just hang out and sit there and talk, uh, the mayor said, for hours, because there they were in the light. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture of the way that we should be. I'm going to invite our worship team here uh, to come on up here as we uh, close out. I think of something written in the Bible through the prophet Isaiah, and this is out of the message version. I don't often preach out of the message version. It's a pretty loose rendition at times. Uh, But it says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 4 and 6 through 7. It says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep shadows, light, sunburst of light, You, talking of God, repopulated the nation. You expanded its joy. Oh, they're so glad in your presence. Festival joy. 
the joy of a great celebration showing rich gifts and warm greetings, the abuse of oppressors and cruelty of tyrants, all their whips and cudgels and curses is gone, done away with. A deliverance as surprising and sudden as Gideon's old victory over Midian. And that's referring to an Old Testament story. Then it goes on to say this, and this is super familiar for us, for those who are familiar with Christmas. I think we know what Christmas is, right? It says, for a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits to the wholeness he brings. I love that picture of light being brought into dark places. And then who is that light? It's the Son who is born to us. This is the inbreaking of light into darkness, not just any light, but the light of God revealed in Jesus Christ. We know that there are people walking in darkness all around us. We see it in the people that work with us. We see it in the neighbor who gets home and uh, opens the garage door, drives in, shuts the garage door, and you never see them outside of their home. There's a darkness of the heart and the soul. Uh, there are times when that darkness takes a different shape, and maybe it's that, that stay-at-home mom who's trying to figure out how to handle their kids right now. <laughs> And that darkness seems to kind of creep in a little bit. The student, for those who are students here, the student sitting next to you with cuts on arms and legs as they just, they just try to feel something. Folks, we can look and we can find that darkness all around us. But God has not called us to add to the darkness. God has called us to be the light through his son, Jesus Christ. So I love that picture of Jesus breaking in, breaking into our lives and bringing light to us. Because in this next picture, I gotta tell you folks, this is our valley. The Salt Lake Valley across from us is the Twilla Valley. North of us, can't remember the name of that valley. <laughs> got the Utah Valley south of us. There's the Heber Valley and Cache Valley and Logan Valley, I think. We've got all of these valleys all around us, right? We've got valleys all around us. 1.2 million people in the Salt Lake Valley. About 10% are associated in one way, shape, or form to the Protestant church, Catholic church, evangelical church, about 10% total. About 30% of the Salt Lake Valley have no affiliation, small number identify uh, in, in other religions, and then obviously there's a majority religion uh, or nearly majority re religion in our valley. So what are we about at Life Church Utah? What can we say about our role in our community? especially given where we are right now. So specifically here in the Salt Lake Valley, who are we? We've been working through this question as a staff 
trying to figure out what, what, what's different about us? How do we present what God is asking us to do? Certainly for us immediately in the Salt Lake Valley, but beyond that. This is a very simple expression of who we are. You're going to hear this probably more and more as we move forward. But at Life Church Utah, we exist to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. Folks, this is who we are. This is why we exist, because we exist to lead the people of the valley, whether that's a physical valley, right, that we live in. There, you know, we, lead to, uh, we, uh, we exist to lead the people of the Salt Lake Valley, Tooele Valley, these valleys around us to look, to look and to be more like Jesus. But folks, there are people that are in a valley of the heart, a valley of the soul. Their emotions are at the lowest they can possibly be. God has called us to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. This is what we are supposed to do as the people of God. So especially in a time like this, when fear is evident within our community, this is what we are to do. Folks, be leaders in your neighborhood. Be leaders in your workplace. Parents, be leaders in your home. If you own a business, do the right thing. Be a leader in your business. If you're at school and, and among, our, among those who will still be uh, attending school are, are uh, school teachers and administrators and things like that uh, and trying to help figure out how to give education to our students uh, during the season, be leaders. Be leaders in whatever workplace you are. Be leaders. And remember that what we are leading to is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the bottom line. We're leading to Jesus Christ, not to religion. <laughs> we're, not, we're not leading to a, a, a series of, of, of yes or of uh, do's and don'ts. We're leading to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet here. Um, I feel like for us, we're just gonna end with one song here together, and then I wanna pray uh, over this congregation and certainly those who are joining us online, pray over you as well. But uh, Stephen, would you mind leading us? in this, uh, this final song together, or, uh, or Natalie. And then I'll come right back up in just a moment. Jesus was forsaken So I will never be His grace is my salvation The gift of God The work of Calvary It is done It is finished 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, together as the body of Christ here at Life Church Utah, God, those who are gathered here physically and those that are online, God, together, we as a people, Lord, we lift up those who are involved in the healthcare industry. 
And if uh, you're here today and you're involved somehow in the healthcare industry or a doctor, you work in a hospital, work in some local uh, clinic or facility, can you lift your hand really quickly? We just want to pray a special blessing over you. Uh, anybody, I know we got a few over here. All right, Father God, you see these hands that are raised and those that are home today. God, we pray your blessing upon them. God, these who are on the front lines. God, I pray that you would give them wisdom. Pray, oh God, that there would be a protection around them. God, I ask in Jesus' name that you would help them, oh God, as they are, um, they are there uh, potentially diagnosing, though, that they are there among those who are sick, that God, your hand would be upon them, that Jesus, you would use them as, um, uh, God, as, as people who bring healing through the power of Jesus Christ that, God, you would uh, protect them, protect their families, that, Lord, you would show grace through the ministry that you are uniquely preparing them for, for this moment, God. And we pray that you would use them powerfully for your kingdom, oh God. For those who are involved in our school system, uh, maybe teachers, administrators, uh, any, anybody involved in our school system, can you just lift your hand really quickly? I know there's really a lot of upheaval and a lot of uncertainty when it comes uh, to those who are involved in that. And so, God, you see every one of these hands and those that are home. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon teachers. God, I ask that you would give them creativity. Lord, we, uh, we know, Lord, that their, their desire and their call, Lord, they are teachers because you have called them to do this. God, you, they're, they're administrators because you've called them to do this. God, bus drivers because you've called them to do this. And God, we know that their concern for these students is more than just, um, just the education side, God. There is a heartfelt concern for these students. And so, God, as they lift up students and families on a daily basis, praying for them, God, I ask you to give teachers new inroads into the lives of students. God, those students that are racked by fear and anxiety, that, Lord, those that are followers of Christ, the teachers and administrators and others involved in education, that, Lord, you would use them to be light in darkness. That, God, you would help them be able to teach their students from a distance. Uh, that, God, you would help them online and all those interactions. That, God, you would show joy and Father, we lift up, uh, continue to lift up our schools, that you would keep them safe. That, God, you would help our schools uh, and all those who are making decisions to make wise decisions so that we'd be able to move forward in our culture and our society. Father God, we lift up all the families that are represented here at Life Church um, and beyond. That God, you would give them grace and mercy for the parents who are wondering, uh, providing for their family. Work uh, situations have changed, and God, there's fear associated with that. God, we pray that you would cause blessing, God, unexpectedly to, to flow through our families. That God, you would use parents in new ways to be the, the primary disciplers in the household, God. That they would take up that mantle of spiritual authority and leadership within our homes. That God, our children would be bathed in prayer. That our children, God, would be lifted up on a daily basis by our parents. And that God, our homes would be filled with health. Our homes would be filled, God, that they would flourish in your kingdom. God, we lift up our government officials who are uh, certainly having to make incredibly difficult decisions. God, we recognize that the, the, the fluid situation that we have around us uh, within uh, certainly our community here uh, locally and then, and then beyond that nationally. God, that you would give wisdom to them that we as followers of Christ uh, would be those who are not causing problems, but God, we're looking for opportunities uh, in the midst of struggles to be able to provide hope and dignity and strength. 
Father, we pray for our churches, Lord, in the Salt Lake Valley, uh, particularly or Tooele Valley uh, as well, God, and, and all around Utah that, God, you would give wisdom to churches, that, God, we'd be able to innovate ministry in new ways, that, God, you would provide for us uh, new uh, new avenues by which the gospel of Christ, Christ could be presented to this world around us. God, I pray blessings upon the families that are represented at Life Church in particular, that, God, you would help us to, to be able to take care of our neighborhoods. We would see in a new way, God, uh, those that are away from you, that we could show the gospel of Christ with hands and feet that, Jesus, you would be extended through this body into our world around us. And God, for those who are already stricken with COVID-19, we pray your healing upon them. God, those who are most vulnerable among our community, those uh, who are elderly, those who have uh, compromised immune systems, God, we pray supernatural blessing upon them. We pray, God, that you would keep them safe. We ask, God, that you would uh, begin to cause the waning um, of this virus in our nation, that, God, it would begin to become less and less and less around the world, and that, God, you would receive all the glory and the victory over this, God. We know that you do not stand daunted by what's in front of us, but God, you are powerful. God, you are the sovereign God over all, and we trust our lives to you, Lord, and we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. I was talking to somebody right before service, and um, she was just really moved by the Lord uh, just in, um, uh, yesterday and said, man, I feel like God just wants to bless. I feel like God wants to bless and last night I finished up reading a book, and the whole last chapter was about blessing. So I'd actually put in my notes uh, at the very end there that priestly blessing uh, from Numbers. And so I really believe God wants you to know that he wants to bless you in this time. That God wants to pour out his blessing. For those who are online, God wants to bless you in your home. So what I want to do is I just want to pray this blessing, number six, over you. Normally I'd say close your, close your eyes, by your head. That's not what I want you to do. What I want you to do, I want you to be looking forward. Because this blessing is for you. Right? This blessing is for you. And this is what it says. It says, may the Lord bless you. 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 And protect you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. This is the blessing that the Lord gives. And Lord, this is the blessing that we receive today as the people of God. May the Lord bless each one of you. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. Go in his confidence. Go in his grace and in his strength. And next week, we won't see you here, but next week, we will see you online. God bless you guys. If you'd like to stick around a little bit longer and pray together and be down here, whatever, you are certainly welcome to do so. Otherwise, have a great rest of the morning, a great afternoon. May the Lord be with you. We'll see you next week online. God bless you.